Welcome to Franken Friday. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, read by Amber Jones. Sponsored by Gals Guy. Welcome to the special edition of Franken Friday on the Gals Guide podcast stream. I am Dr. Leah Leach, the president of Gals Guide, and today, around the virtual Zoom table, I have a group of gal pals who are ready to dive in and talk about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So as we wrap up our fantastic voyage of what we call Franken Fridays, uh, we're going to talk about what we knew before uh, listening to Amber Jones's beautiful reading. We're going to talk about the themes in the book. Bonnie is also going to freak out a little. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there right now because she's been texting me during the chapters <laughs> freaking out. So it's just going to happen again. It's fine. We like it. Uh, we're also going to talk to Amber about her <laughs> process of recording and reading Frankenstein. But before we do any of that, let me introduce the fabulous gal pals to you, the glorious listener. So I'm going to start with Bonnie, even though Bonnie is driving a car <laughs> right now. Driving a stoplight. <laughs> Do you want me to not <laughs> start with Bonnie right now? <laughs> You're good. I'm at a stoplight. I'm good. Okay. All right. Cool. So Bonnie, we'll start with you. Tell us a little I... bit about yourself. And did you read Frankenstein before Franken Friday? I had not. I'm I, um, a local artist. I do uh, paintings of women throughout history. Um, I had not read Frankenstein in school or anything. I've seen, you know, like I love the uh, the Mel Brooks Young Frankenstein and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I've seen stuff in like cartoons and stuff throughout the years, but not like sat down and read the book. Um, yeah. So I forget if there were any more questions. No, that was it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Be ready to freak out later, Bonnie. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Mona, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. And also, have you read Frankenstein before listening to Amber read it? I am a retired teacher and then a retired office worker after that. Um, so, I had never read Frankenstein before. And like Bonnie, I love the Young Frankenstein movie, but also I had seen very old black and white movies. So um, those are the movies that I had seen. And no, I've never read it before. Just uh, this. Very nice. I dig it. Uh, Susan, <laughs> welcome. Uh, tell Hi. us a bit about yourself and if you too are a first time listener slash reader of the Frankenstein novel. I never know what to call it because like we're listening to it, but we're also like reading it, but it's like Amber's reading it to us. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's still a book. Audio books are books. <laughs> Absolutely. Somebody wrote them. They are books. Um, I am currently unemployed, but I obviously like to read. Sweet. I am sitting in my library right now. <laughs> um, 
kind of doing the house spouse thing right now with the whole shut-in whatnots. Nice. Um, so I have an interesting history with Frankenstein. I have attempted to read it over five times. Oh. Never finished it until this time. Ah. <laughs> so I've got you to finish it. Oh my God, that's cool. You got me to finish it, yeah. Um, <laughs> I attempted to read it in high school because of the, this is a great book. You should always read the old classics. I'm like, mm -hmm. eh, sure, I'll try it. Didn't get through it. And then I had, it was required for one of my college lit classes. I wrote three papers on it that I got A's and B's on and never finished it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and then I have attempted it twice. Yeah, I attempted it twice since. Um, one of them was actually the uh, Gris Grimley, who is um, a gothic artist, uh -huh. does, did a um, comic book version of it. Oh. Um, and it's really pretty. Never finished it. <laughs> So I apparently have an issue with gothic romance, honestly. It's just not a genre that reads well for me. Language is super pastoral. Yeah. <laughs> Very pastoral, yes. Yeah, that's why I was glad that Amber was reading it to me, because I didn't know what half the words were when I was trying to read it on my own. <laughs> oh my god, trying to pronounce some of those. It was much good, easier girl. to than try to read. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me formally yeah. <laughs> introduce our glorious Amber Jones, our lovely narrator, and I'm just going to call you audiobook goddess because I can. Uh, so tell the good people a bit about yourself and how many times have you read Frankenstein or tried to read Frankenstein? This was a blind read. Really? I, I read it as I was reading it to everyone. Oh my god! <laughs> Um, you, you weren't like constantly being like, he did what? Well, there was a lot of editing. <laughs> um, at least five minutes got cut out of every chapter just from me like flubbing words and pacing was weird because God, that woman uses too many comments. Yes! <laughs> so trying to figure out where I was actually supposed to pause in sentences sometimes was hard. <laughs> or where to breathe in a sentence. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've had a lot of practice reading aloud. It's something I did a lot as a child, because when you learn to read young, that is teacher's favorite use for you. Yes. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, so, yeah, just lots of practice when I was a kid. I've blind read a lot of books, so I blind read this one. I wanted to read something that is influential that a lot of people haven't read and Frankenstein <laughs> is big up there. Absolutely. So uh, it was partly my husband's idea and partly mine. Like I was like, Gail's Guide should do an audiobook while yeah. the, well, the world is shut down. And Rob was like, <laughs> you should do an audiobook <laughs> while the world is shut down. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's the thing that happens. That is crazy. Uh, for my for my day job, it's it's I do a boring job for health insurance, but it pays the bills. So, mm -hmm. yep, there you go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I met Leah and got involved with Gal's Guide at all because I help run Starbase Cindy. Cool. Exactly the Starbase connection, which I always love. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, I mean, for me, uh, oh my gosh, I'll answer too. I really, uh, this is the first time I had ever read the book. Did not really have much prior knowledge besides the movie Young Frankenstein, which I think is universal for just about all of us. Mel Brooks, thanks for, you know, preconceived yes. notions of what Frankenstein was. <laughs> <laughs> really not helpful. Um, so, and I hadn't watched any of the James Whale movies at all. I hadn't seen any of them. So this was like, I was pretty new going in because like I didn't take anything that Mel Brooks was doing as actual seriousness. So... <laughs> Yeah, Young Frankenstein is really fascinating. Um, like, it's black and white from the 70s, which is really rare because he was very specifically copying the 1930s Boris Karloff right. Frankenstein, mm -hmm. which gave us the classic visual of the Frankenstein we know. Right, which is totally different so from what is in this freaking book. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. completely. Totally. Well, I did want to ask Amber a few questions about kind of like the behind the scenes. I mean, honestly, because I'm really just kind of curious and stuff. And you did kind of already tell us um, a little bit about uh, doing, you know, this, like reading it as you go. Um, was this the first time you ever did an audiobook, though? Yes. Ooh, look at that. Oh, first time doing an audiobook, first time reading Frankenstein. Okay, so there was a lot of stopping of, wait, what the hell just happened? <laughs> no. Um, I'm really good at processing information as I'm reading, so it wasn't like, there wasn't ever a moment where I was just like, I don't know what I just read. <laughs> there were a few moments of, I have no idea how to pronounce this word, and right. I'm just going okay. like, to go yes. to Google and be like, how, does, how is this supposed to sound? <laughs> And there, there are a couple of words, there are a couple of words that have just fallen out of use that are oh, very wow. difficult for me to say, apparently. <laughs> Only a couple? <laughs> Only a couple. There, there is one that every time I ran into it in the book, I had to do like 20 takes. Oh, gotcha. Do you remember what that one was? <laughs> um, peculiarly. Oh. Which oh. I off perfectly this time <laughs> right right but that's the hard one to yeah to get your often thought about it face around yes <laughs> especially in the middle of the sentence yeah I, I was just gonna say it did not sound like you had never done this before no well like I said I've had a lot of practice reading aloud so it was just reading aloud into a microphone um I've also had vocal training with like singing and things like that which helps because you know how to use a microphone yeah um I've never done audio editing before. All of it was just like, I'm just going to throw myself in and see what happens. And the first session took a really long time to edit, but yeah. after that, it got easier. Wow. I still have to do the last chapter, which is like an hour long right now. So that, <laughs> that'll take a bit. It is a longer one, but uh, you are, you are worth it, Tarling. <laughs> <laughs> Did you then uh, intentionally kind of create different voices for the different characters? Or is that something that's just organically because you've done this before um, in the sense of reading characters that you're like going, they're just going to sound different and here we go. <laughs> uh, so the only two I did deliberately were Frankenstein and the creature because I wanted them to be mirrors of each other. Yes. So Frankenstein is me because he's most of the narration in the book right. and I don't want to to think about it the whole book <laughs> and then the creature is just a deeper version of my voice oh. so everyone else it was just like you needed to sound different from them and I don't care <laughs> right exactly <laughs> I 
loved it though, because then I knew when the chapter started, uh, by your voice, who, who was the narrator at that point. So yeah, it was very, very helpful. Which sometimes I had to go back and reread because I wasn't <laughs> sure as I started. <laughs> I know you're like, oh crap, that's a different person. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, let me jump into questions for, uh, for all of us. So by all means, um, I'll ask the glorious question. <laughs> it's like wrestling. Just jump on in if you have an answer. <laughs> Everybody doesn't have to answer. I'm not going to like go down the line and your answer and your answer. <laughs> but we kind of answered whether or not we have seen um, uh, Frankenstein in movies. Um, have you also seen Frankenstein like in popular culture? You know what I'm saying? Like around Halloween time and... <laughs> How do you feel how yeah. we kind of see Frankenstein with the movies and pop culture? Um, do you feel that's an adequate interpretation of the book we just read? <laughs> I, think the more, I think the more adequate interpretations of the books that we've read are the sci-fi novels that focus on AI. Ah. Hmm. I think that that's where it really evolved into. Gotcha. Um, I think that the stuff in pop culture is just silly fun, which yeah, happens when something's been around that long. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of twisted and turned and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> was anybody else kind of surprised with the, how the monster and the creature was actually depicted in the book? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. He, like, in movies and stuff, he's usually just like, grunting and he, he's very intelligent in the novels and I had also forgotten about I'd watched um as a kid the monsters oh so yeah that's a whole nother version yeah. of Frankenstein a whole nother version of Frankenstein one, you're yeah. right oh my gosh yeah, yeah I totally forgot to put that together as well yeah the yeah. monsters is yeah Herman Munster was based on Frankenstein oh so do you want to know what my Paninas of the most accurate representation in movie yes. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember Wishbone? Oh yeah, the dog. <laughs> the dog. Well, they always did a good the job. Most true ac- representations in movies and TV when they did the episode of Frankenbone. I mean, that's sad and also genius at the same time. For at least somebody cared, and it was a dog. <laughs> right. Wishbone always did a good job. Everything they did an interpretation mm-hmm. of, they tried to stick to the original story. It was really good. That is nice. I've seen a couple of Wishbone oh, no. episodes, actually, because that's the recommendation I heard, <laughs> where it's like, they nailed the story, unlike... <laughs> yeah, Wishbone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Prince and the Popper is the one I remember best. <laughs> that one was hilariously good. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. So this is another kind of loaded question. Um, but was the book what you thought it was going to be? No. Nope. <laughs> Not at all? Okay. Not even a little. all <laughs> <laughs> out. Like I said, I attempted it in high school. Before I had a lot of, you know, inundation with the pop culture of it. Mm-hmm. So... I think I might have gone into the book a lot younger than most people. Um, and knowing it was gothic romance, I knew it was going to be these 
big, you know, fantastic emotions and fantastic uh, landscapes and everything is just right in your face emotion. Right. <laughs> so, like, I expected that. Um, I so don't at least know. you I had that I... basis going in, but still, yeah, I had that there's still a lot that's surprising within that. <laughs> Fair. I um, was not expecting a main character who was histrionic, for lack of a better word. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> he spends, what, like a year total of this book just out of it from overwhelmed by his own emotions. Isn't it like two years? It might be. It's a really long time. Because I yeah. think the exact just text I got here, from... Six months here. Yeah, like, because I think I got a text mm -hmm. from Bonnie that said, he just fucked off for two years? <laughs> we're at that part right now? Yes, we're at that part now, Bonnie. Freak <laughs> out. Bonnie, freak out, too. He's just gone for... Let's see, the, the first chunk is, like, what? a couple months, oh. and then then there's, like, a, another chunk of months, and then he's like, oh, it's springtime, yeah. and I'm like, what? Wait, when? When did like, that happen? No one's seen him. Where the and hell then the end, go? just another four months in the hospital, like, not, not even the hospital, a cell. Like, just, dude. Yeah, just laying down, just taking her easy. <laughs> <laughs> Master yourself or something. No, he was getting a bit whiny for me, Mr. Franken Victor Frankenstein. I wanted to throttle him a couple of times. Oh, only a couple. You did better than me. Yeah, that's true. I don't think that's I don't fair. think uh, my voice would have been able to not have grit and disdain. <laughs> it was hard a couple of times. I'm like, I can't. I have to. I have to detach myself from exactly. the situation. Victor, you're a freaking idiot. <laughs> It was real easy to be angry with him as the creature, though. Oh, I could tell, because I was too. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was what surprised me most, was how eloquent the monster was. I mean, it was so far from, uh, 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 to, like, beautiful flowery, terms of phrase. Flowery speeches. How, how the hell did he learn that? From watching the I mean, French family. listening to people talk French. Yeah, he could like, not have learned all of that from listening to people talk. I'm sorry, but that is what surprised me the most. That's about it's, fair. it's a writer's trick. I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> the 13th it's warrior was another one. You come back and all of a sudden you're the best dread person ever. Right. Slide of the pen. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've learned to wield the language. Yeah. Not just talk, eloquently speak mm -hmm. the queen or king's language perfectly. And deliver the oh, most God. beautiful insult ever. <laughs> when we first are introduced to Captain Walton, he tells us everything that's going to happen. Everything. He tells yeah. us all the foreshadowing, all of the motifs. And so I'm sitting here like, oh, oh, so we're supposed to go into this knowing that the creature is going to be eloquent because Captain Walton's looking for a friend who is eloquent and educated. And that was what Victor Frankenstein was. And Victor Frankenstein was looking to create an eloquent and educated mm -hmm. creature, species of his own. So obviously that's what he created. I'm like, wow, that is something that completely escaped me the first couple of read-throughs. <laughs> it, it definitely escaped me. It, it escaped me so much that by the time we got to the back of the book, I was like, who the hell is Walton? <laughs> 
started off the book like, who the hell is this? Nobody ever talks about this character who's writing letters home. Like, what the? Same. Where's Frankenstein? I know. <laughs> I was really kind of like, la, 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 it'll all make sense later. <laughs> yeah, Leah had told, reminded me that, like, in the beginning, there was, like, another character reading. And I was like, what? Yep. I was like, because I remember it talking about, like, Victor Frankenstein, like, growing up. Mm-hmm. Yep, nope, chapter one. I was and like, I, I just skipped right over that. I, I looked at some spark notes. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I That's just fair. wanted to make sure I was translating some things right, because I know there's going to be <laughs> other things I will translate wrong, because the beautiful flowery language. <laughs> right. Yes. The, the beautiful, outdated flowery, yeah. flowery right. language. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is very, very true. <laughs> So, yes, exactly. Well, okay, speaking of, like, spark notes, I'm going to kind of jump in my list of questions. One of them, of the spark notes, is so much about, um, like, birth and creation motifs, and yet it's very, it's like they just want to put those words out there, but they don't actually have any, like, backing behind it of how important this (laughs) motif is. So, I mean, specifically, when we've got birth and creation as a motif, a lot in this book is about bringing the dead back to life. Uh, what did you think about that as a motif in the book? It's kind of like a, a central I, theme. I didn't think of it as one of the motifs at all. He didn't gotcha. bring anyone specific back. He may have used bits of people, but he wasn't trying to recreate someone who used to be. He was trying to create something new. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah, there you go. Very. So it's more the creation side of it then. Yeah, because if if he could bring people back from the dead, he wouldn't be so pissed off the creature killed everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. He would just take that fresh body and make a new one. Just <laughs> its own level of touche. I never thought of that actually. <laughs> it's fine. I'll bring them all back tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about dudes uh, creating life <laughs> versus women give it, giving birth. <laughs> Does it seem that Frankenstein might have been a terrible, terrible father? <laughs> I think he was just jealous. <laughs> he was jealous about creating life? I think, I think that Frankenstein is not a good person. Correct. Yeah, I do. He was just jealous. Yeah, so having penis envy, he's got uterus envy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I kind of think that he's just not a good person, and being not a good person just kind of naturally leads to not being a good parent. <laughs> I so, so here's concur. an interesting thing that I caught as I was reading. Every time Victor Frankenstein comes across a person, he describes them physically. Uh-huh. If they're pretty, he likes them. If they're ugly, he doesn't. Just oh. right up. Oh, screw that guy. <laughs> and so I'm of the opinion if he had a pretty child, he would be a good father. And if he didn't have a pretty child, he would be an awful father. You're right. Yeah. Because everything revolves around him. And he never had any children, so luckily. No. Right? Thank goodness. He also just left <laughs> his creation just left for two years and he didn't even go bother looking for him he was just relieved it was gone like right? what dude because it was ugly? totally leave a kid in the car yeah <laughs> yes. absent father it was very true <laughs> 
Oh, well, I mean, that just kind of like ducktails into, do you think he even thought about his creation? Like, you know, the idea of the feelings of his creation whatsoever. Not until the creation came and told him what they were. And even then he took it like, I don't believe you. Right. (laughs) Right. Not until the creation hurt him, Mm -hmm. started hurting him and his loved ones that was when he started thinking about it even then he was pretty yeah. much like uh the create uh creation was pretty much like you're gonna listen to what i have to say or i'm bigger than you mm-hmm. yes yeah. i will sit on you <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay was anybody else surprised that there actually was no bride of frankenstein no i like i like the lead up to that there might be Mm -hmm. yeah um it was also very in character for him to just petulantly destroy it all (laughs) yeah i was like really dude (laughs) but i knew that was fake in the movies gotcha right the very very cheesy movies (laughs) (laughs) i did watch the um... i couldn't oh go ahead bonnie now, I couldn't remember if when he was creating her, if it was in the same, like, lab and town and whatever, or if he hadn't, because he had moved No, he, he, uh, he, uh, He never returns to anywhere except his hometown. He goes back to Ingolstadt to, to, like, talk to his professors briefly to get, right. like, letters of introduction to people mm-hmm. in England, and then he screws off to Scotland, like, some coastal town in Scotland and build the lab and a tiny house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's on an island. He's in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. <laughs> and yet he's still finding a way to hurt people. <laughs> Yay! Okay, it, it is the slow build-up. <laughs> yeah, it is the slow build-up. He is slowly getting further and further away from his hometown and further and further away Insanity. from humanity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, very true. He he slowly <laughs> goes like, here's an island. Here's here's the middle of the ocean <laughs> for a while. Boys, right. grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be in my fort. Oh, I want everything dude. to go my way. I know, right? <laughs> I think somebody's totally having Victor a tantrum, Mr. Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> the funniest, the funniest disconnect for me from pop culture to the book book is that he didn't even graduate college he just right. screwed off in the middle of it like no i had a mental breakdown i'm going home i have a better idea <laughs> can you imagine what mary shelley would think about hearing this conversation i think she'd love it <laughs> well i mean he did write the two characters after the two men in her life she she knew what they were like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. it was a little bit of uh, therapy, if you will, to get it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, writing's good for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. Like, My I friend, was stuck uh, in the middle of nowhere with you guys for yeah. <laughs> months. My friend, uh, Deborah Kemp, would always say, be careful right insulting me because I will kill you in my next novel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's not a tribute necessarily to her, but she is always the one that I heard it from. So, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's pretty common with anyone who writes and has characters. Any writer, yes. That's the revenge of any writer. (laughs) Well, let's talk about a little bit, (laughs) not necessarily the bride of Frankenstein, but the idea of uh, creating a companion who would share the monster's fate and the monster's company. Um, How did you feel about that um, uh, demand that you will make me a companion? So on the one hand, I get where the creature is coming from. He's lonely and it mirrors creation myths, right? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, gross. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I felt, I did feel kind of sorry for him. However, I remember as a kid, when I watched those old black and white movies, I always felt so sorry for the monster, mm-hmm. but I did not feel sorry for him in the book the way I did in the old movie. Oh, so gotcha. it, I don't know if it was because I, I don't know if it was because I was a kid then, or if it was because he's meaner in the book than they made him out to be in the movie. Gotcha. I can see that. And I sure as hell wouldn't have made him a companion. Yeah. <laughs> he was to me. <laughs> right. No, I thought it was because you don't know if just because he's content to hang out in the woods and eat berries doesn't necessarily mean that she would be. Or their kids. Right. <laughs> Yeah, if they even can, like, I... That was one of yeah, his, like, thought was, processes that confused me. It's like, dude, if you're worried about kids, why don't you just make that not be a possibility? You're, you're there are kind of a doctor. just leave out. <laughs> Maybe if you would have finished school. <laughs> <laughs> and considering he never took any biology, he was always chemistry. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. There's that uterus in the again. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I was really torn with it too because uh oh man. I one of the reasons why I had a second child when I did is because I was at my brother's wedding and I only had one child at the time and I was like going I get to share this with my brother and all of this family trauma that we gloriously have. He's the only person who really understands it. And I can turn to him with that. And so I kind of wanted my daughter to have somebody when I'm not there or when she's mad at me to turn to and be like, (laughs) remember how messed up that was? And like, get it like to have that kind of secret language. Mm -hmm. So it is in a sense, a companion. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, free will is a thing. So, like, I totally get it where it's like I wanted the opportunity for the two of them to have each other. If they fought and didn't like each other, that's that's part of the, you know, the gamble that's that you part have. Of the free will, sure. It's free will. But at the same time, uh, I'm really torn because what level of female, you know, object are we talking about here? Right. <laughs> are we talking about basically right. the blow-up doll? I mean, like, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, the way the book has already treated Elizabeth. Yeah. We, we find her as a child, and we go, oh, you're pretty. Oh, look, you're a pretty white girl mm-hmm. who's with these mm, not-so-white people. We're just going to take you and make you ours? Right? Yeah. yeah. What? That, that's like, what? That's freak out number two. <laughs> like, even though it's not <laughs> biologically 
that's your freaking sister. Like he grew <laughs> up with her. It's yeah. freaking weird. You know? Yeah. Very it's weird. Pretty weird. I think I screamed that when I was watching the Kenneth Branagh movie. I'm like, that's your sister. <laughs> no one else thinks it's weird. It's weird. I think that was a dumb it was. thing back in the day. It, it was, was a dumb thing back Incest, in the day. Yeah. Lack of option. Sure. It was, and here's where we start getting into some weird history with Mary Shelley. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Shelley had two half siblings. Okay. Girls. Um, both Godwin's kids. Yes. That were illegitimate, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them lived with her pretty much the entirety of her marriage to Percy. Shelley. Oh. Yep. Like, moved with them for years. And the only child that she had was with Byron. And right. I'm sitting here like, no, no, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're a threesome. <laughs> I think That's- so. The information that I have. Oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> yes, of a different. Oh my god, they were great. <laughs> <right? laughs> yeah. And there's information. There's there's some speculation that the eldest, um, was upset that the the two of them went off with Shelley because uh, she was also in love with him. So I'm just like, well, everybody really? loved him, right? <laughs> Apparently, Shelley oh, and loved Byron. Him. He was the he was the dramatic poet. You know, everybody loved him. Uh, everybody except for Ada Lovelace's mother. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. She didn't like Lord Byron. Getting though. back to the getting back to the cousins thing. Charles Darwin mm-hmm. married his first cousin. Yay! And they had a bunch of kids. I think it was like 10 and most, like that. and almost all of them died early on oh. and that is what started him studying uh why that was yeah, what, the, that is what that is made him done. start wondering why did our kids die because incest and, is not yeah. best okay <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. yeah that is what made him researching that The Roosevelt's, Eleanor Roosevelt uh, and the FDR are third cousins or something like that. Like they were like, I knew that one. Yeah. It was still happening. It's still happening. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's just, I went to to school with somebody who is technically my first cousin, but we don't have any blood relations. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. That's. (laughs) I'm still uh, on the fence there. Family trees are hard. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my uncle married his aunt. Oh, so okay. technically we're right. cousins, but we have absolutely no blood relation except our cousins. Right. Interesting. Exactly. Sweet. So like there's there's arguments, but I'm still sitting here like, yeah. <laughs> that my is brain totally. is still trying to recover from leah's pirate lady and that shenanigans (laughs) there is a pirate lady who married her own adopted son to remain in power but first she had to seduce him before he said yes to marrying her oh my gosh (laughs) they were pirates oh my gosh (laughs) her stepson so it's not biologically her son right yep but she had pretty much like raised him and then kids Yep. Yeah, they had kids. That's uncle distressing. Something. It was. It wow. Was. <laughs> it's wild. 
Exactly. <laughs> so the world is weird. Different strokes, different folks. The world is real weird. <laughs> exactly. Okay, how about this? Um, this was one of my, my favorite bits. I'm like I'm over- overshadowing it already. But one of my favorite bits in the book was... Mm-hmm. The importance of connection to fellow human beings, either it being family or a chosen family. Um, I really appreciated this part of the book that the monster needed somebody to share his journey with and that he was trying to choose a family, even though it did not work out. (laughs) I thought that that was a very powerful uh, motif of maybe we should try Mm -hmm. this when your creator fucks <laughs> off for two years and can't be bothered with you, you find someone else. <laughs> yes. There you go. Found <laughs> family is glorious when it works out. Yes. <laughs> Did anybody yeah. else kind of catch that, that or grab onto that at all? I thought it was really sweet. And I, I found myself wishing that all of them had yeah. been blind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that yeah. family that he was watching to to learn how to speak Everything. and read or something seemed like they had a much more of a connection than like Victor's family it seemed very just yeah. cold and this is the things that we do. Right. We yes. marry you cousins. Marry your sister. There's no problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. Marry sisters. And that seemed to be a statement on society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the two extremes. You have uh, Victor Franken's stereotypical raising and family, mm-hmm. and he just wanders off, goes to school, doesn't write them for two years. The creature who starts with practically nothing because his father just disappears, you know, so all uh, the creature is searching for the connections. Mm-hmm. So you have the two of them circling around each other and these two opposites. And then we go back to Captain Walton, who is, you know, off in the Antarctic and still writing his sister letters. Yeah. That she like, might never see. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, still that importance of connection. You know, yeah. And his, his overarching ambition, aside from finding the, the dead center of the North Pole, is having a best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two things he was all about. And I thought it was poetically lovely. <laughs> yes. Well, well I mean, it was totally my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the most well-adjusted character in the books. Right? <laughs> Thank goodness he, like, he bookends it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? He's the uh, audience surrogate, so he better be the most likable. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the consciousness. <laughs> uh, this was another spark notes, you know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, interpretation for your high school reading. Um, but it, they talked about how Victor Frankenstein and Captain Walton, they each say that passion has led to disastrous results. Um, and the question that is on the Gloria Spark notes is, do you think that passion is a good thing or a bad thing? And I thought it was a very interesting, weird question <laughs> that I would then throw at you. I think it depends on what you have the passion for. Right. I think that it depends on whether or not you decide to temper it. If, if you have passion 
and you use it for something productive and you think about the consequences of those actions, yeah. then it's perfectly fine. It's as valid an emotion as anything else, but mm -hmm. just, just like every other emotion, if you let it run rampant, it's going to rule you. Yeah. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Mm -hmm. I have I have feels about emotions, like in yes. general. <laughs> so we should have them. <laughs> we should be allotted them. Yes, we should have them. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> we should have all of them. All of them. Like a lot feel. of them. Because let's see, um, all of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> so going back to like a comparison. We have Victor Frankenstein, who's all about emotion. Oh my gosh, I have so much emotion. Right. I am. I am doing everything right now because I'm manic and now I'm depressed and I'm just going to go away for three months and be depressed. Mm -hmm. And then you have Elizabeth who after the death of the mother that saved her life from scarlet fever, basically. Right. Uh, she just puts her chin up and goes on and takes care of the rest of the children that aren't hers when she's still a teenager. Right. And doesn't once let her emotions get the better of her. And I'm sitting here like, there are two extremes here, and right. neither of them are good. No. Yeah. Neither of those are healthy reactions. I was going to say life. healthy. Yeah, no. neither of and them are healthy. even later, when they're about to go on their honeymoon, and he tells her he's got this terrible secret, like, she's trying to suppress that she's, like, freaking terrified. Yep. Like, okay. until she dies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, super mousy about it. It's like, no, 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 honey. <laughs> she's She's pretty overwhelmingly bland. Which is, yeah. I want to say, which is surprising for a female writer, but not for a female character necessarily at that time. <laughs> but it's still frustrating, especially because you, I put more weight on a female writer to get the female characters better. <laughs> is that a fair assessment? I mean, one of my favorite female authors growing up can't write female characters for anything. So this is true. Um, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> Great world building, terrible characters. Just across God, the board. So, yeah. <laughs> like I want to love them, but you make it hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And I don't think all writers have to be good at all things. Like I know how to write <laughs> immature boys very well. That is what I've been told. <laughs> Like, I have that wheelhouse down. <laughs> However, I don't feel like writing about yeah. them. <laughs> That's also fair. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I have the ability to write, like, 5,000 words and not a single person talks to each other. It is all stream of consciousness. Ooh. I mean, I after reading this, I did that. high school. Yeah. <laughs> This really did it well. So that's, you know, the internal struggle and monologue mm -hmm. that's in there. And I'm like going, I haven't read something this intellectual in a long time. <laughs> Let's see. So we have talked about uh, passion, um, ambition to a certain extent too, because I think a lot of times they're of the same coin or very close to the same line. Um, do you guys want to say anything about the ambitiousness of Victor Frankenstein? Yeah, that's where I think the story evolved into being the AI sci-fi horror stuff now, mm -hmm. or not really now, it's fallen out, but this, th those stories about just because you could doesn't mean you should. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Jeff. Uh, and all the ways that that can go badly. 
Still one of my favorite lines from Jurassic Park. <laughs> that and... Uh, yeah, it, it applies to AI pretty heavily, too. Mm-hmm. It gets used there a lot. And people yes. are in real world talking about the ethics of AI. We quote that one a lot. Right. Yeah. People are going full steam ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. Just because the yep. technology is there. Let's see what it can do. No, 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 no. Consequences. Life and death consequences. <laughs> Have we learned nothing from Frankenstein? <laughs> nope. And, right? No. Uh, this is actually one of the few points in the book where Victor Frankenstein has a moment of realizing that there's consequences. Yeah. Um, because he, the, in regards to his ambition, it's kind of towards, towards the end where he makes a comment about his creation um and he's comparing it to the fall of civilization right fall of greece and rome and Mm -hmm. all of that and first off he's comparing himself to these great civilizations i was like back up (laughs) because of the ambition and he's failing as well it's like (laughs) the first time he's starting to realize oh well this is bad and we're like three quarters of the way into the book (laughs) sweet it's only gonna get worse for him he has um (laughs) he spends a lot of the book saying he's angry at himself for what the creature did when he's angry at the creature yeah he's just lying to himself for most of the book oh yeah diffuse diffuse can't take responsibility for anything uh the one from today he spent quite a while uh just talking about oh woe is him He's so lonely because he's inadvertently killed everyone. No, I was like, dude, (laughs) you. It's like all the things that the monster feels, he's feeling, and he's like, oh, poor me. It's Mm -hmm. it's almost like the early version of gaslighting. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, I call it karma, but yes, (laughs) yes, it is karma. But I can totally see that. Let's switch gears real quick and then we'll wrap it up. But I wanted to talk about um, Mary Shelley, um, the Mm -hmm. author. I mean, this is just going to be, this can just be us guessing. But her mother was Mary Wollstonecraft, uh, who is a very uh, famous early um, suffragette, if you will, who wrote the Vindication Rights for mm-hmm. Women, and she wrote about the French Revolution and somehow did not get beheaded, which was very interesting. Um, so her mother was a very powerful writer. Her father was also a very powerful writer. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is that her mother died 11 days after giving birth to her, mostly because the doctor didn't wash his hands. So wash your hands, damn it. <laughs> Do you feel like as you were listening to the story that Mary Shelley was trying to work out how she felt about death? Death of her mother. She also lost a child while writing this. Yeah, I I think that that had something to do with it. I think that she was, I think she always felt death around her. Mm Mm-hmm because of the loss of her mother and was this um i know she lost her, her first baby did mm-hmm. she lose 
more while she was writing this also or were they after it was the one this? while she was completing it at some point so yeah because i know she lost what three children all together yeah. yeah she only had the one survive sir percy right yeah yeah her last one so i i didn't i'm not sure how many died while she was actually writing this but Right. And if she did any rewrites or anything like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because from the summer that she wrote it to the actual publication, about two years. Mm -hmm. So you know that something got added. Yeah. That might have been why the first death was a kid. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Working that out. That is is an argument that I remember. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that had a lot to do with it. I mean, the first death from the creature, because the mother dies. But, yeah, I yeah, had to think about that. Illness. Minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mother dies approximately the age we, that she was when her mother died. So uh, that is definite. Correlations there. Definite correlation. Yeah, there was moments where Amber was reading it, and I didn't, like, write down the passage, but I just, I thought to myself, this is definitely Shelley working some shit out. Like it just, it just felt that. <laughs> so right. it was kind of neat. And it's like, I don't think she came to really, is, I don't think um, she came to a whole bunch of conclusions, so, but she was trying though, it seemed. Right. Um, and if you ascribe to the five stages of grief model, mm-hmm. this is almost bargaining. Oh yeah. Cause she's like trying to get the child back and she keeps oh. losing more people. Right. Oh, I can see so that. So it's like she's trying to bargain by bringing that child back, and then it just keeps failing. I never that, thought about that. That adds some weight to the last chapter, too, where Frankenstein keeps exist- insisting that the ghosts of the dead are driving him on. Oh. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, this stuff is deep. I need to, like, read it, like, three or four more times, maybe all the way through, Susan. <laughs> 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 yeah. I thought it was it's weird how uh, Frankenstein is supposed to be like, like he seems like intelligent, but he kills people by like strangling them, which is like so violent. Yeah, he does talk about like, the creature does talk about like he loses his sense and goes like crazy with rage, which sure. would bypass some of the higher functions and leads to stuff like, like that. But yeah. Yeah. But it is. And, you know, he doesn't have access to a lot of weapons, honestly. But strangulation is one of the most personal ways of, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's almost like he's trying to force a connection. Yeah, that's how I was kind of taking it, yeah. And and I don't think it's rage. I think it's loneliness that causes Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Because I was catching up on some episodes and I was at work, and my coworkers had to deal with me being like, he's just gone. It's been three months. No one's looking for him. Like, because he, he created him, he got scared, and he, like, went to his room and, like, hid from him, passed out, woke up, the thing was there in his room. And he, like, freaked out, ran outside until, like, the gate guard let him in town and then he came back later that afternoon with his buddy, and it just wasn't there. And he was like, okay. 
Yeah. Like he was terrified of this thing, but he's like, I'm not gonna look for it. <laughs> or I'm not gonna be responsible. Yeah. And like, then a friend can just like, come right in. <laughs> just and go like, hurt somebody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one was like reporting seeing him. So I was like, where did he go? Like I was freaking out. <laughs> And I hadn't reached that stage yet, so I didn't really know why Bonnie was freaking out so much. <laughs> I wasn't at that chapter yet. I was behind. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but apparently it's all broken loose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where it just starts to go downhill. Yeah, I love it. How quickly he created the monster, like how early on in the book. Yeah. Like if you think about the movies, it always seems like it's an ending or near yeah. the end where he's creating them. So it was I like it was chapter five, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> so I guess we're doing this. I thought this. it was going to be like the midpoint, and then, mm -hmm. and then like things would escalate from there. And part of that's me being used to like the pacing of these sort of novels where they're slow. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting the action to take place that early. Yeah, and right. And then it stopped for a while. So I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm back to what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, if you have horror, you have to have something coming after you. Right. You have to have impending death coming. <laughs> oh, fun. Does anybody have any no. favorite quotes or anything like that? Anything that kind of stuck out at them? I have the one, I think it was when he was uh, telling Frankenstein his story. It was something like, I am fearless and therefore powerful. Yes. It is a good one. That was a good one. I pretty much just loved reading all of the creatures stuff. Yeah. You were good at Amber it, too. Amber did, too, apparently. <laughs> Amber's also very excited about it. The other Amber. <laughs> there are so many Ambers in the world. It's great. Exactly. You guys make the world shine and be brighter. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite ones, I had to write it down because it's a tiny bit lengthy, but it's, uh, I do, oh gosh, I do know that for the sympathy of one living being, I will make peace with all of it. I have love in me, the likes of which you can scarcely imagine and rage the likes of which you will not believe. If I cannot satisfy the one, I will indulge the other. That was my favorite. And I think it's because of the way Amber yeah, read it. Yeah, it was powerful. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good i had to like find that one i'm like no there was one i know it it's in here <laughs> I, I am i am married to a man of no small emotions so i was just like i can channel that yes. <laughs> i know what that's like exactly i don't remember the exact quote but i like at the end when after victor frankenstein is dead and and the monster is actually mourning him yeah the irony like that's that. in that yeah That'll, oh, I have some editing to do for that bit. <laughs> You're like, woo! Oh, it shall that, be fun. I have it. I have it open on my computer right now. It is 53 minutes long before I go cut. Is it really of the last yeah. chapter? I mean, I remember I, mm -hmm. I read it on paper so I could be ready for for this. And I miss you were in my head, by the way, like as I was reading it, like I heard your voice as I was yeah, reading the too. last couple of chapters. Um, so too. thank you. That's, awesome. that's a beautiful gift. 
Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I wish I was just listening to Amber instead of reading that. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll think, I'm planning to edit it over the course of a week instead of doing it all in one night, like I did with all the other chapters. So. <laughs> there you go. For the it's final so much longer. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's no good stopping point is in that chapter of what she's trying to do. So oh. yeah, exactly. No, it um, makes sense that it's so long, but yeah. It's a lot to wrap up. So mm. almost mm -hmm. like this particular episode is a lot to wrap up as well. <laughs> Look at that segue. <laughs> but okay, how about this? I know this is, I think it's difficult, but if you could, how would you sum up this book in like one sentence? And I know that's unfair, but how would you? I could what sum it up in a meme. <laughs> oh, in a meme? There you go. I, I, I in a meme yeah no th this is victor frankenstein shocked pikachu face <laughs> good every time he does something <gasps> <laughs> that's pretty good I do uh, like because you because you gave us the discussion questions and i treated it like homework i was like yes. i can do this yes what do you got <laughs> temperamental college student meddles with life and death everyone's affected uh sorry everyone suffers <laughs> I like it. It's almost like the like Romeo it. and Juliet story where it's like two teenagers fall in love and everyone dies. Uh -uh. <laughs> I like it. There you go. I, I would just say it's, it's extremely surprising. I was shocked. Yep. I, I'm very much on that same page. I, I wrote down way more intellectually stimulating than any movie has yet to get right. So yes, it's kind of like, definitely. forget all the movies. There's yeah, far more in this book. <laughs> and even though you, you gave us that list of movies that we could look at, mm -hmm. I did not watch any of them. A lot of them are because crap. Of the book. That's usually oh. how I am if I read a book. I'm mm. like, I'm not going to ruin it by watching cheesy movies now. Sometimes it's fun to yell at the TV, I like doing though. comparisons a lot. Yeah. It is yeah. fun. Yeah. I like seeing what people pull out of a story and how they turn it into something else. Yeah, even if and they're never... ruining it. It's like, that's what you got? <laughs> well, and they, you can't you ruin, you can't ruin the original work, right? Yeah, true. So that's true. I still have the original mm -hmm. and it's interesting to see what other people pull out of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's god awful to watch, but at least yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, you made a point. I might, <laughs> I might go back and, and you watch can one. Separate them and just think. Just drink a lot. Yell at the TV. Yeah. It's fun. Oh. <laughs> get somebody to get somebody to you know riff on it with you. It's yes. Susan and I get, didn't get through like five minutes of one movie because we were riffing so hard. We stopped. <laughs> we stopped it because we couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I don't even drink for that one. Mm -mm. See, that's just yeah. a special gift. <laughs> yeah. It was a special movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, it sounds like everybody would recommend this book for others to read. Is that accurate to say? I'm always a big proponent of read the things that things have evolved from. Yes. And I, at least, at least for that, this is worth reading mm -hmm. it's a good foundation for a lot of the things that we love are based on it mm -hmm. or inspired by it or something from it so plus it's enjoyable on right. its own <laughs> i especially i especially think you should people should read it because 
most most people just know Frankenstein from cheesy movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And it's totally not. It's totally not this. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. It's well, like saying, trying to say Dracula is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Accurate. <laughs> this is very true. Well, here's a loaded question. Do you want to know what our next reading is going to be? Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 yes. dun. Let's see yes. if my internet stays. <laughs> 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 All right. So each chapter of Frankenstein, we did Frank and Friday, right? That's what we called it. Well, uh, that was this series. For the next series, it's going to be Frig Friday. So we're going to be reading a Norse okay. story. So Frigg or Frigga, uh, the mythology goddess from Norse mythology, who is married to Odin. Uh, it actually is where we get the name Friday from, is from Frigg or Frigga. <laughs> so instead yeah. of Frank and Friday, it'll be Frigg Friday. Uh, the next book will be Kristen Lavin's Daughter. It is written by Singrid Unset, and she won a Nobel Prize for this work. It's the story of a Norwegian woman in the 14th century who experiences a number of conflicts in her relationships, as well as the medieval nature of Norway at that time. Dun, dun, dun. So Frig Friday starts November 20th, because we're going to take a couple of weeks off to not be listening to a book, just for a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Michelle (laughs) Hammond is going to be uh, taking over reading, and we're going to give Amber a slight break, because we want Amber to come back and do the next one. (laughs) Because these take months I am happy to do. Yes, exactly. Sweet. I figured you guys could easily (laughs) rotate this out. (laughs) And that way you've got some time to decide what there next book you want no to bring to us. No way in hell I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to go dig and figure out what I want to read next. No yes. Way. And I look forward uh, to it. So, yes. Because I love hearing Amber tell us a tale. I personally love that you introduced us to uh, Frankenstein because it's much more than just a monster story. And I love how you just dove, dove in and said, I want to help, I'm just going to do this. And that was fantastic. Yeah, Robbie's a good influence. Yay, I'm an influencer. Oh, wait, I'm an enabler. I'm an enabler. Yes, you're an enabler. Robbie was, Robbie was the influencer. You were the enabler. That is fair. I'll take it. <laughs> 